What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Crown Hoops podcast. We are moving on to episode number 47 now, three away from the 50. We got the full crew back again. This is three weeks in a row, guys. We're on the <laughs> stream. As always, my name is Jordan Daly. With me this week, we got Mike White, Stacey Collier, and Ben Okazawa. Say what's up, guys. Let's get what's it. Up? Let's get what's it. What's up? Yeah, uh, NBA Finals. Stacey, Mike, I see you guys raising your cups. What are you guys drinking tonight? What you guys got going? <laughs> Hey man, it's water. Just water. That's yeah, all. We yeah, still got, still got uh, work what? to do. Still got work what? to do. Simply, simply lemonade for me. Lemonade. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Sure. All right. Let's get right into it um, with some playoff updates. Not looking forward to this, but we'll start with the other side. Uh, Lakers top the Nuggets. Kind of expected. Um, obviously, we had some some people that were hopeful for the Nuggets. Sorry, Matt Huff. Um, you know, respect the Nuggets coming back 3-1, not once, but twice. That's just unheard of. So major props to them. Um, I just kind of wanted to hear your perspective on, you know, I know no one's really surprised, so I don't really want to go that route. Um, what do you guys think is kind of next for Denver? What do you see as their next move? What do you think they need to do? Or do you think it's kind of just developing that younger talent? Uh, ben, we'll start with you this time. I mean, first things first. Given his performance in the playoffs overall, you want to hold on to Jeremy Grant. I know he just opted out, but uh, he's a big piece for that team. And when you know Jamal Murray looked like he was a bit hobbled, wasn't able to get it done on offense, it was it was Jeremy Grant who stepped up for them. Um, they ultimately lost, but he was a he was a big part of them even being in that last game. So I think you want to hold on to Jeremy Grant and just give the keys to. Uh, Jokic and Jamal Murray because especially I mean we knew what Jokic could do heading in but Jamal Murray broke out in a huge way during the bubble Um, between I mean his duels with Donovan Mitchell 50 point games um, to being their leader in you know the second and third rounds he's he's a huge piece for them and I think nobody really expected that with when he was coming into the league so uh, just making sure that they they keep kind of helping those young guys prosper. I mean, there's a lot of young talent on that team. Uh, you saw P.J. Dozier show, show some flashes as well. Monte Morris had uh, some good moments. Um, so you just want to make sure that uh, you're, you've got the team that you think is ready to, to be the, that, that guy in the Western Conference in the future. So do you think they need to necessarily go out and you know add to their roster? Or you think they kind of need to as Philly would say, trust the process, kind of trust who they have on their roster to develop? I mean, trusting the process was always more about trusting in, like, Embiid and maybe Simmons and then building around them. Like, you saw guys like Jimmy and, and J.J. Redick. I think that team could have won a championship if, if that uh, if that Kawhi shot hadn't gone in and they went to overtime there. Um, so you just want to build around... Jokic and Murray as much as possible and I think the first step in doing that is is holding on to Jeremy Grant and uh you know putting more shooters around Murray and Jokic who are admittedly great shooters themselves okay Mike I'm gonna pass this over to you what do you think is next for Denver what are some moves they need to make if any um uh, well, I would say Denver's future is definitely bright. Um, even though the Lakers one and five, you still, like you already said, first team to come back from multiple three one deficits in the playoffs. So that's crazy to think about. Um, we saw Jamal Murray possibly butted to maybe 
a superstar. Who knows? You know, kind of like a couple years ago when Jason Tatum and the Celtics played the Cavs. And I think uh, the Cavs won in seven. But, you know, we realized that, uh, you know, Jalen Brown and more so Jason Tatum, they're here. That's kind of how I felt about Jamal Murray this year in the playoffs, especially when he was going back and forth with Donovan Mitchell and obviously being a go-to scorer in the fourth quarter for the Nuggets. So with him and Jokic, who establishes himself as one or two as top big men in the league. I think you've got a promising, bright future with them. Obviously, like Ben said, um, definitely want to re-sign Grant. Um, I don't think they're going to bring Millsap back, unless it's probably for a discount. I think he made about $30 mil this year, and I don't think they're going to pay him that much. But just looking at this roster, I mean, Michael Porter could take on a bigger role next year. If you bring Grant back, you have him. You can work Bull Bowl in. I mean, they have so much talent on this team that – it's scary to really think about. And I think as far as adding players, you can always add veterans here or there to make your team better, especially in the playoffs. This year, you know, the only real veteran they had was Paul Millsap. When you think about it, they still got a lot of young guys, even though they are growing together. So I think adding a veteran piece here or there, you know, a guy who's been through, who's been through some battles might help them. But I think the future is really bright for them. I think we'll always see them as a top three seed going forward for the next four or five years. So if they could add one or two more pieces, what do you think is kind of realistic for them that would definitely benefit them? But see, that's the thing, because if they let Paul Millsap go, I think the Nuggets are going to have some cap room to go after some free agents because they still have Michael Porter on a rookie deal, Bo Bulls on a rookie deal. I know they signed Joker and Murray, but I wasn't. I think we talked about it before. Wasn't the Nuggets one of the teams that people were saying Giannis could potentially end up with? I I can't remember. Do y'all remember that? Um, I don't. I don't know if that's the case. I don't I know if they had it. the or something or maybe they had the pieces to move for him i just don't know i think it was something like that they had the pieces to trade for him but i mean anything happened with as many pieces they had they could give it up for a superstar they could bring another a third guy in maybe a guy who's more of a um not center not leaders but more of a proven leader in the nba i mean those are just things that happen there i mean Really, it just really depends on what the GM decides to do. The Nuggets can go so many routes, like you said. They can go trust the process route because they have talent in place and they can just hope to build upon it. Or they could trade some of those that talent away and bring in more solidified pieces. Okay. Stacey, over to you, I guess. What do you think is next for Denver? Uh, first of all, I do agree. Resign Jeremy Grant the way that he performed in the playoffs. He came up big for him. You definitely got to resign him. Um, as far as Paul Millsap, I think that they're going to let him go just because they're going to have to pay Jeremy Grant more, which I don't think is going to hurt their team that much, probably besides having a veteran presence in the locker room. But overall, they just got to trust the process. Let it grow. See where, how far you can go. They got the, the players. They got the pieces in place. Murray and Jokic, they, you know, Gonna be gunning for all star talent, uh, all stars next year. They're gonna put up numbers, and you got Mike Porter Jr. development. Uh, hopefully, Bowl Bowl develops and stay healthy. And you, they got they're gonna have uh, Will Barton coming back. Still got Monte Morris, uh, Tory Craig, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So, the they're gonna be gunning for the top three C's in the West for the next few years. And I'm expecting them to be a top three team in the West. Especially next year. Matter of fact, I'll go as far as to say they should be NBA Finals contenders. I think that they have 
that they have they have that they have what it takes to get that far. So this team just needs to stay together. They don't need a big free agent. They probably just need, you know, a veteran presence at a discount to replace Paul Millsap, but they got what they need. They just need to just go for it and just keep developing. Yeah, I would agree. I would like to see them definitely release Millsap. He's not worth the money and see if they can add like one or two kind of veteran role players um, that know what they need to do on the court. And they're not trying to take the star power away from, you know, the younger guys. Um, but Stacey, to ask you a follow-up question, don't let Mike influence you on this one. <laughs> Assuming the Lakers keep LeBron and AD next year, is there any chance for the Nuggets next year? I think they'll have a better shot of beating them next year. <laughs> Don't let them influence you. Don't let them influence you. <laughs> but I think they have a better shot of beating them next year just because, okay, if they bring AD back, it's fine. But for me, for the Lakers, I'm worried about how they're going to retool their roster. Like most of their rosters on one-year deals. And I don't know if they're going to bring them back. And if you don't bring them back, how are you going to replace them necessarily? So I think they'll have a better shot of beating them next year. But it depends on what the Lakers do in the offseason, though. That's fair. Okay. Um, I guess to move on to the more sour uh, topic of the night, Heat beat the Celtics. Uh, I don't think – I think Stacy was the only one as a – I think Stacy was the only one that predicted that. Yeah. Um, you did. I, I gotta say, I, I did not see it coming whatsoever. I definitely underestimated the Heat. Uh, when the Heat beat the Bucks, I was so happy and celebrated so hard. And <laughs> guess I shouldn't have done that. I underestimated Jimmy Butler. I underestimated Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Bam Adebayo. I underestimated that entire team. Um, even Andre Iguodala, who came up clutch in Game Six. Um, it was there head to toe just a very very deep team um and you know watching those games uh they definitely had that team first mentality where they didn't really care who scored as long as someone scored um and i think jimmy butler really stepped in as a huge huge leader in that aspect um and he did that role well and i hate giving credit there but i need to um so i guess uh mike we'll start with you this time what's next for boston what do they need to do to finally cross that line because the past three years we've been here the past three years can't do it what's next? let it out let it out so all right first things first is this is just me i think y'all need a big man first mm -hmm. off we, we need a big man in the paint i like daniel tice i think he could be a, a i think he could play more power forward for you i like robert williams but i think you need I think you guys, weren't you guys thinking about chasing after Gobert or something like that I've heard before? Yeah, so, this year at the trade deadline, we were, there were debates yeah, going on about Davis-Burkheims too. I, I think you need to fish after that. I think you need to get some size in there. I still like Jason Tatum. I still like Jalen Brown. But let's be honest, Kimba didn't perform like we thought Kimba should have performed in the playoffs. This was the first time where in the playoffs, like we're, we were really looking at Kimba like, yo, you're on the big stage now. This is your chance to be the superstar that, you know, we've been calling you for years. And, you know, the excuse, like we've always said, he's had nobody in Charlotte. Now you got a budding superstar in Jason Tatum. You got Jalen Brown, who's whose production is right up there with Jason Tatum's at times. You've got Marcus Smart. You've got a team around you. You got to perform on the biggest stage. So I think that's a big thing. You got to, you guys got to decide, 
is Kimba still the answer? You know, I'm not saying get rid of him, obviously, because it's only been one year. But hopefully this will teach him. Maybe he'll learn from it. Maybe he'll come back better, which I'm sure he will. But he's got to be better on the biggest stage to go along with Jason Tatum. And like I said, getting a big man will really help you guys. That's Those are the two things. I mean, I think you have all the talent. Like I said, I picked the Celtics in seven. I thought it was going to be Boston and L.A. I think you have everything you need in place. Kemba's got to play better, need a better center, get some big men, get some boards, and, and Boston will be all right. Yeah, I completely agree about the big man. I think all Celtics fans need that. Daniel Tice tends to foul out way too early. Uh, which leaves us very weak at that position. But in terms of big men, I would really like to see Robert Williams get way more minutes than he mm-hmm. has. Um, I think he performs really, really well when he's on the court um, in terms of shot blocking and rebounds. Uh, he's a little jump happy, but that's definitely something that can be worked on. He's young. Um, but my follow-up question for you, Mike, is you mentioned okay. that Jason Tatum is obviously you know, a budding superstar. There's no real denying that. But mm-hmm. I do need to bring this up. And as a Celtics fan, again, it kills me <laughs> to even ask this. Uh, it seems like in the playoffs... When we needed him most, he was not there. So mm-hmm. what I mean by this is, I think it was the first half of Game 5 and the first quarter of Game 1, he went like 0 for 8. Mm-hmm. He did not score at all. That could have been a huge game changer if he got hot early. Does that bring up any concerns for you? No, because I think we got to give credit to Miami and their defense. They had, for most of the series, they had the Celtics struggling when they were switching to that zone and For some reason, this is another thing that I think of going forward is when I was watching Celtics play, it was just a lot of isolation, just a lot of, you know what I'm saying, your turn, my turn. And to beat a zone, even down all the way to high school level, you know, man, you got to move the ball. It's more about ball movement than seeing who can dribble the best and pull up. Granted, you guys have great individual scores. But when you see a zone in front of you, you got to move the ball. So I think that was a big thing, part of the problem. I wouldn't worry too much about Jason Tatum. I mean, yeah, he went over eight, but you, we, we know what he's capable of. We've seen what he can do. Just give credit to Miami. He was getting guarded by Jimmy Butler and Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder, and we're going to talk about it later. But the Heat have multiple defenders on their team. So I wouldn't worry about that too much. I honestly would be more worried about Kimball Walker who's been in this league for some time, who's even though he was with Charlotte, he's been in the playoffs and he really wasn't showing up. And Gordon Hayward, I didn't forget about him. I don't know if y'all are going to keep him, what's going to happen with that, but um, that's something I'd be concerned about too. Yeah, Hayward's on his player option this year, so it's up to him whether he stays oh, or he's goes. he's taking that. <laughs> yeah, I would say he'll definitely take that because I don't think that. he's getting that money anywhere else yeah, um, or unless he wants to try to restructure into more of a – team-friendly deal in order to help the Celtics kind of get more talent, which I really wouldn't be surprised to see him do as well um, just because of everything he's been through, and he seems pretty reasonable, um, especially if he's getting an extension from the Celtics. Um, But, Stacey, I'll kind of pass that over to you now. What moves do you think Boston really needs to make to finally get past the East and make it into the NBA Finals, which has been right there for the past three seasons? Right, right. Uh, I agree with Mike. They do need a big man. They do need a big man. They struggle in that front court. That was uh, my question about the Celtics all year. They got great wing talent. They're young. They're still developing. But you got to have somebody that's going to get boards. You got to have somebody that's going to score down low. And that's what they need. So they need to definitely go after the big man. Um, I think, unfortunately, they're going to have to sacrifice some players in order to move their roster around. And... The players I'm looking at, 
Be looking careful here. <laughs> I'm looking at Gordon Hayward just because I think that he's very odd. He's an odd fit for this team, especially with Brown and Tatum coming along. And he hasn't been there for him. Unfortunately, I know it's not his fault, but he hasn't been there for him. And his contract is, is he do have a large contract and they can move that and bring somebody else in, bring somebody in the front court in. So I think he's going to get moved and they might, I, I don't want them to move Marcus Smart. Don't even but, say it. <laughs> but out, they should at least out. just think about it just a little bit. Just a little bit. His but number I'll, will be up in the rafters one day, Stacey. <laughs> he will not leave Boston. But That's hey, a guarantee. Do you want Marcus Smart or do you want a championship? Marcus Smart and a championship. <laughs> It's so weird, like trying to explain what Marcus Smart means to the city of Boston, to people that are from Boston. It's like he was there when we had like nothing, and like right. he just kind of builds into that whole like Boston sports mentality that like winning is everything to him. You see him die for every loose ball. I don't think there's a chance that the Celtics no, will I, ever I would trade love, Marcus I would Smart. love for them to keep Marcus Smart, but the thing is. Like they roster is just it just built weird. It just built no, weird. Agree. Like yeah. what what are you gonna do with the other guards that you have on this team? Like uh Romeo Langford. What's going on with that? Don't even What's get me started with that. The... We never should have drafted him. <laughs> well 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 y'all lost out on Tyler Hero thanks to the Miami Heat, but mm-hmm. uh but what what are you gonna do with Grant Williams? See if you do bring in another big man, then you still have Robert Williams and you got to move Daniel Tice to the four because I don't think he can play the five. I don't think he should play the five. Even though I, I do like his energy, I like what he provides. And um, also, also in his cancer, he can, yeah, he can, he can go. <laughs> I don't think anyone will argue that one. Um, <laughs> no, nah, but th- you bring up a good point about all the young players they have. It's like one of these guys got to get minutes. And that's something that me and my friends have talked about a lot. It's just like, why did we draft those people? Why did we draft at all? We should have traded those picks for something else. We didn't need young players at the time, even if it was for future picks. You know, we already have such a young team in our starting five, and we really didn't need that. What we needed was, like, veteran role players to come off the bench. That's what we really needed. And specifically a big guy. We could have traded so many of those picks for a big guy. And uh, I guess leading off of this, one of my follow-up questions for you, Stacey, is going to be, um, you know, looking into the past, Danny Ainge has been given credit as a great, great drafter, being great at making draft picks. Looking back at history, recent history at least, the only three big names he's drafted is Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown. All of the other guys, a lot of them aren't even in the league anymore. We got Gershon Yabusele, who's overseas again in France. We have Shemi Ojale, who I don't think will be in the league in the next two years. And then we have a lot of guys that just didn't live up to, you know, their college performances. So do you think, you know, drafting is part of their problem and they just kind of gotten lucky with Tatum, Brown, and Smart? Uh, I don't want to say luck because, you know, those are solid picks. But uh, I think they just have – it just didn't work out for them at all, like the way the team is made up. And uh, I will say this. They did draft a lot of underdeveloped talent, like talent that's not ready right now and that still needs some time. Like Romeo Langford, I think he can be a, a good, solid point guard in the league, but he's definitely not ready right now. Ojale wasn't ready. So 
he I, I do think they need to reevaluate how they draft. They need to draft some players that's gonna be ready. Like um Robert Williams and Grant Williams, they you know, they're young, they young guys, but when they stepped into the game, they handled it like they've been there in the league for a few years. So they need players like that, players that been in college for a couple of years that started and you know, uh won't won't have any trouble coming in. And uh also like Players like Taco Fall is is kind of weird. We didn't draft he, him, so. Oh, okay, you didn't draft him. No, he was a but, signing after the draft. Oh, okay, but yeah, but they and him, him too. He's he's underdeveloped, so they gotta definitely work on who they go, who they pick up. Okay, Ben. Yeah, how are you and something about the Celtics. What's next for them? Um, I mean, yeah, definitely what you guys said. Moving on from. Uh, Gordon Hayward might be might be a must in the years to come. Uh, he doesn't really fit. They have so much young wing talent, um, and both of whom are, are really good two way players. And not to say that Gordon Hayward is bad necessarily at defense, um, but he doesn't he doesn't match up as well as especially Jalen Brown is one of the better young defenders in the league. Um, so Gordon Hayward doesn't really seem to fit there anymore, and. As far as, sir, I mean, shit, maybe I should save this until later in the podcast, but a bit of a hot take of mine is uh, I think it might be getting time to move on from Brad Stevens. I mean, mm. you've had him, he's been there, what, six, seven years now? You've gotten to the Eastern Conference Finals twice, but given the talent that was on this team, especially this year, and especially given how kind of weak that Cavs team was outside of LeBron, when they lost to the Cavs, I think, you know, he's not maybe getting the most out of his team and he's not, you know, it's a good thing to make the Eastern Conference Finals, but when you look at the talent that he had on those rosters, uh, it definitely makes you question how they didn't go a bit further. Um, And I don't know, it just seems like it's not working out. Like you guys have all touched on, um, Robert Williams not getting more minutes is a bit confusing. And that's just from this year. I mean, there's been a few questionable decisions. So I think it might be time to move on. I mean, you've, you've got so many good head coaches looking for jobs right now. Uh, Mike D'Antoni still hasn't signed anywhere. And that, I mean, that's just the t- off the top of my head. But there's a lot of good, I mean, Nate McMillan, Alvin Gentry are all guys who have been let go. Recently. Doc Rivers, go back to the Celtics. That'd be interesting to see. Um, but that that's another, that was kind of, the biggest thing that I took away that hasn't been said yet uh, from this last playoff run for Boston. Um, and then just just as far as the Celtics drafting history, and I don't want to hurt your feelings, Jordan, but uh, do you guys think Marcus Smart is a bust? I mean, he got, pick, he got picked at six. Look at the rest of the draft class, though. Nah, not for six. No, that's think. a solid. Pick. I, I do wish he was uh more of an offensive threat, though. I, I do wish right. he's getting. He's a fantastic. I cause I liked him that. in college. I liked him I, at Oklahoma State. I'll though. agree with that. I would say I would have thought he would have been a lot better offensive player, but yeah. he is getting better each year. Like yeah, now now when he puts a three a pointer up, I'm like, okay, that that yeah. might go in before he released the ball. When I think of Marcus Smart, like I obviously think he's a really good fit for the team. He's a great role player. But when I found out he was drafted six, I was shocked. And then looking at the draft class, you know, it's a bit more understandable. 
Um, definitely one of the weaker draft classes in recent history outside of maybe the top three. I mean, you had Embiid and Wiggins go earlier, but even Wiggins you could call a bust if you want to. Um, but, I mean, you guys had, you had like guys like Zach Levine, Nikola Jokic, uh, like Clint Capella, Bogdanovich, all in that draft class, uh, Dinwiddie as well, Jeremy Grant. So, I, don't know, I just wanted to bring that up that the Celtics definitely have questionable draft history, and Marcus Smart may or may not be a part of that. Marcus Smart is not a part of that. I want to clarify that for everyone listening right now. Marcus Smart was the best draft draft pick we have made ever, ever. Better than Tatum, better than Brown, best draft pick we ever made. Um, Obviously, no, I'm joking. But uh, um, on the coaching thing, if you had said that two, three months ago, I probably would have given you that look that gave when Stacey said we should trade Smart. Um, Now, though, think about it. We're not even it's not even on the conversation, Stacey. No, (laughs) no, no. But uh. Now, now I may may even agree with you. I think I was talking about this a little bit last week. My dad's been saying this for the past two years. I think um, I never wanted to agree with it, but starting in the uh, Toronto series, I started noticing a lot of questionable things he would do, putting in questionable substitutions, waiting way too long to make a substitution. Um, you know, when you have a guy like Daniel Tice consistently fouling out early to mid fourth quarter. Maybe take him out a little bit earlier and save him for the end of the game. It's it's little things like that, and the fact that, as Mike said, you can't break down a zone defense. Like, I don't know. Like, and like you said, they would keep doing the ISO. They would ISO. Someone would drive in. They would try to take a layup. If they couldn't, they'd kick it out and take a contested three. It just wasn't working. So, I don't know if it's the coaching or of the players just not listening. Um, but I, at this point, and I really do hate to say it because I do like Brad Stevens as a coach. I just think this is not the right time for him. And I guess that's my best way of saying it. He's the type of coach that you want to have uh, a team to kind of build around and motivate in a way uh, where it seems like he can't really do the um, getting all the players to come together, kind of like the the Doc Rivers and the 08 Celtics, the Ubuntu kind of like team first mentality and getting all the guys to play well together. It seems like he couldn't really crack that and can't really manage all of the personalities. And we saw that with Kyrie Irving a couple of years ago. Um, so, I mean, I don't think the Celtics will get rid of him. But at the same time, at this point, I don't think I'd be pissed off. I'd probably be pretty upset, but I don't think I'd be pissed off at this point. Yeah. Um, or like even said, like if, if you guys don't make a finals next year, could you see that being like a real possibility? So, so we did just re-sign him in the bubble, but anything's possible. We've seen, I think, the, the Pacers coach, McMillan, yeah. that happened, and he was fired. Mm-hmm. So um, if, if we can't make it next year, man, um, I th- see, like, that's the thing. Like, this was the year to do it, right? We didn't have to go through Giannis and the Bucks. Like, this was the year to do it. Next year scares me, right? We're going to have a fully healthy Brooklyn team with KD oh. and Kyrie. We're going to have Giannis again. Who knows? We're still going to have the Heat to deal with now. Who knows who else goes to the Eastern Conference? I've heard that the Pacers are trying to blow it up, and I've even heard rumors that the Clippers are about trying to blow it up. Um, so we don't know where those players are going to go. Um, Mike's loving that because he's like, <laughs> Lakers, baby. Uh, but it's, we just don't know what's going to happen. But this was the year to do it. This was the year to do it. So I think really, you know, the past two years in the when we lost in the playoffs, it hurt, but it didn't hurt as bad because we were kind of a cinderella story to begin with uh this year really hurt because it almost seemed like we were supposed to be there we were so we were the favorites this year we were meant to do it and we we couldn't so 
I don't know. This is just bringing so much pain back. Let it out. Let it out. It's a safe place. I'm just letting letting you go. Get it out. Yeah, I was going to say, hey, man, I've been there. Mike and Stacy don't know how it feels. What? I've been there. Lakers been trash for years. (laughs) Not this year, though, Mike. Not this year. It's more recent recent for me. Yeah, so I I guess moving on, like, there's a lot of options they have right now. It, It. I don't know. It's going to come down to the draft. If we draft another rookie that's going to sit on our bench the entire year, I'm really going to be mad. Um, so, I mean, I hope I hope they figure it out. Um, yeah, and, and like I said, the Pacers are talking about blowing it up and filling in for a big man. Miles Turner, or DeMontis Sabonis, would look really, really nice and good oh, yeah. next year. That's oh, yeah. all I'm going to say. Yeah, they definitely should look at them, too. Yeah, that would, that would fit the system perfectly. Um, but we'll kind of move on. We'll, we're going to rearrange things a little bit this podcast. We're going to start with the Hot Takes podcast now. So I'm going to pass that over to Ben. Yeah, I mean, I'll just get right into it. Um, I saw this a little bit earlier today on my social media feed. Scotty Pippen, who, you know, all-time great player, absolute legend. Six rings, you know, he's steady, but uh, this takes kind of hot. Um, he said today that uh, AD is more important to the Lakers then LeBron James, uh, he mm. said LeBron still needs to prove that he can be that guy on a championship winning team. Uh, I mean, obviously, you guys as Lakers fans, Stacy, I'll start with you because Bron is your favorite player. How are you feeling about this take from Scotty? First of all, say to say LeBron needs to still prove it as a leader, that's <laughs> absolutely outrageous. Wow. <laughs> Did he not see what happened in, uh, what was that, 2016 final? Did he not see what happened? Did he not see yeah. LeBron drop 41 when they was down and then game seven? Did he not see that? Did he not see 2018 when he dropped 51 on the Warriors? <sighs> I think you found Stacey's uh, yeah, first part. <laughs> yeah, I just don't – I just hate when – I just hate when, like, historic players, they say things like this. And it don't make sense. I don't know, like, I don't know what was he basing that off of. That part I disagree, I disagree with strongly. But as far as AD being more important than LeBron, I've been on the train saying this all year. Y'all noticed that I think the key for the Lakers to win the title, I said it was going to be more on AD than LeBron just because AD is younger. Um, he looks to be the future of the Lakers. Hopefully they can resign him for a long-term deal, but he looks to be the future right now. And, you know, let's face facts. LeBron is getting older. He's, he's 35. He's going to be 36 soon. And, you know, father time is going to catch LeBron at some point, even though he puts millions of dollars in, in his work on the offseason to stay in shape. It's going to catch up to him, and he's going to retire in the next few years. I wouldn't be surprised if he retired next year. But, but just just if you know, just if That's like another they hot win. take right there, <laughs> I could add that. I mean, just but like I like picture if he won a title this year, and then next year they get to a championship and they win the title again. Like what's left? Like what's left to do? One more. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think AD is just as important as LeBron to win the championship and AD's play, that's who I'm going to be looking for because LeBron, he going 
You know, he going to fill out the game. He going to attack when he needs to attack. But AD is the one that got to come out the gate dominant. So it's not far off except that whole leadership part. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I guess that's not a bad point. Like, I think AD is more important to the Lakers in the sense that you don't know what he's going to give you on a night-to-night basis. Whereas Braun, like, you know LeBron's going to get his regardless. He's been doing it all season long. Regular season, bubble, postseason, doesn't really matter. But AD will have some games where he starts off, like, 3 for 10 or something stupid like that. Um, so I can see him being more important in that sense, that when AD plays well, they win. And when he doesn't play well, it's it's a lot harder for them to win, for sure. Uh, but, Mike, I'll ask you the same question. Uh, it's kind of a two-parter. Is he is Scotty off base on the leadership thing, and is he off base on the AD thing? Uh, well, first of all, the leadership, like, do it, do we need to talk about this? Dude came back from three one with the Cavs. Clearly, the leader of that team. He's he's ten straight finals. Was it, was it nine straight? Ten straight? Almost yeah. like like come uh, on. I forgot what it is, but time, but he's been to time. Yeah, hey, you know what? It was eight straight. Hey, yeah. guess what? It's a whole lot. That's all we know. That's all that matters. <laughs> Clearly, this dude knows how to lead a team. We've talked for years in the past, even when he's lost, about how does LeBron James get these rosters to the finals? Yeah. Leadership gets him to the finals. Yes, talent, but he leads with his talent. And now we see him as he's gotten older, more vocal, so things like that. So that's just Scotty being Scotty. I, I don't really listen to none of that. Um, as far as who's more important to this team, man, Honestly, I think it's even. I really do think it's even because I hear what everybody's saying. AD is definitely the guy we feed in the ball because why? Nine times out of ten, if someone has a mismatch, it's AD on the court. You know, he's a unicorn, like we say. So I get it. He's there for scoring. And defensively, he anchors our defense. But LeBron is the cog that drives this engine. Like, it, there's been nights during the season where i seen where he, when he didn't come out, and get us into a rhythm and get us going, we never were able to capture it all night, no matter how many times we fed the ball down to AD. So LeBron being the point guard of his team, like I think we said it before, I'm pretty sure everyone would agree, point guard is the most important position on the court. So LeBron being the point guard of his team, I just can't say that AD AD is that much more important. I have to put them equal. I think it's 50-50. I think they both have to play well. I think if, if they both don't play well, and like I said, we'll get into it a little bit later. I think the Heat have a good chance because AD always has a mismatch. So he should give us 26 and 30. But we still need LeBron to give us at least 24 and at least his 10 assists. He's averaging 10 assists because he's that good, but he's also averaging 10 assists because he needs to average that. Luckily, we got Rondo back. Caruso is not really a great playmaker. So I think these two dudes are equally important, and uh, I'm, I'm ready for the final. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, quick question, though. Do you think LeBron really needs to score like 25, 26? Because they won a game against the Denver Nuggets, if I recall correctly. He only scored uh, 15 points. But he had a double-double, though, but he was just 15. Somehow. Right. See, my thing is, when he – that's one of them rare nights where our bench comes to perform. If our bench comes to perform, then no. I don't think he needs to score that many. But on them nights when they don't, which we've seen, when the Lakers have lost games for the most part this year, is because Alex Caruso comes in and goes 0 for 6. Rondo comes in and goes 0 for 4. Kuzma's 
trying to go one-on-one with MPJ, going two for 13, two for 11. So in those nights, I feel like, yo, no, he has to score. But if you're going to tell me my bench is going to be become more consistent, then I'll say no. Okay. Yeah, I mean, hey, what you said before about Braun dragging teams to the finals, that just made me think, my argument against, I mean, Braun's poor record in the finals is always like, and not even just in the finals, but like why he didn't do anything before Miami is like, for a long time, the second best players, second and third best players on those Cavs teams was like Mo Williams and Zadronis Ogowskis, if that's how you say his name, I don't even know. Booby Gibson, where you at? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, how can you really discredit a guy who was dragging teams to the conference finals and finals that had those players? On, I don't know, Scotty's off base on that one, it's definitely some old head behavior, but uh, I mean, Jordan... Do you agree with us, or do you have a different take on that? Yeah, I mean, I'll make this this nice and simple. I mean, you take AD and LeBron off the Lakers, the Lakers aren't even in the playoffs, right? With them both on, they're in the NBA Finals. If you take... So, so let's go back in history, right? AD was on the Pelicans for how many years? What did he do? Let, let's go back to... I think, yeah, got out of the first round maybe once, and that yeah. was when Boogie was on the team, too. Now, now let's rewind a couple years ago to when LeBron was on the Cavaliers. What did he get done? Finals pretty much every year. Yeah, that, that's my point. Sorry, Scotty. That's fair. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, yeah, I mean, hey, thanks for keeping it compact there. Uh, I'll, pass it, I'll pass it back to you to preview the finals. Yeah, we're going to get right into it with the uh, Lakers-Celtics finals preview. Mm-hmm. Awkward. Lakers Heat finals mm-hmm. preview. We got to get into this. Mike, it looks like you're bursting at the seams, man. I'm going to let you start. <laughs> so, what, what you want? You want my prediction? You want what I think? What, what you want to hear? I just need to Just know. have fun with it, man. You've, you've earned it. Your team's in the finals. <laughs> uh, so, first of all, I just want to say it, uh, it feels good to be back. Uh, <laughs> it's been a long 10 years. Uh, Last time Lakers was in the finals, I was in basic training. So it was, it's, it's, it's been a little bit. It's been a little bit, but I'm glad <laughs> to be here. Um, I ain't sleeping on the heat, though. I will say that I'm not sleeping on the heat. Um, I think it's, I'm just going to get into how I think it's going to go. I think it's going to be a great series. Um, my pick is Lakers in six. I'm picking the Lakers in six. Grand, they've beat everyone so far in five, but this is the NBA finals. You know, I, I expect the heat to come out and play hard, which we've seen throughout the playoffs. That's what they're going to do each and every game, no matter what. Um, ultimately, I'm picking the Lakers in six because, as we've seen, LeBron and AD, that combo is something serious. And in the closeout game against the Nuggets, we saw LeBron, and they was talking about it on all the shows today, we saw LeBron show that killer instinct, making them fadeaways, really closing the game out in some Kobe-esque fashion. So that mama mentality, like that's what I like to see from LeBron. So if he's going to be like that and AD's going to give him 30 and 10 in his sleep, I mean, I, I see no reason for this series going longer than six. The reason I'm giving it six because, don't get me wrong, the Miami Heat have a great team and they have a deeper team than us. Their bench goes really deep. They have Jay Crowder, Iguodala, even though Crowder's starting, but Iguodala, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Harrow, they're not even playing Leonard, and he's on the bench. I mean, they have multiple guys who can get you buckets at any time who can – when Duncan Robinson and Tyler Harrow heat up, I mean, that's it. That's that's lights out. So 
that's part of the bigger reason I think they're going to win two games. I think for sure, like I was saying earlier, Caruso, Rondo, and them, sometimes they give us some stinkers. I think our bench will definitely get outperformed in at least two games where Miami will ultimately win those games over no matter what LeBron and A do. But I think um, the way the Lakers have been playing defense the entire postseason – um, first in the first round against the Blazers, Damian Lillard, Melo, C.J. McCollum. We could talk about how bad their defense was, but let's talk about how good of an offensive team they were and how the Lakers really stifled them after the first game. Then you go on to the Rockets, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, three-point small ball. People were saying, hey, they could shoot them out the game. Lakers locked all that shit up. Excuse my language. <laughs> then you move on to the Nuggets. Hey, we, we just got finished talking about how this team is going to be a top three team over the next three to four years. They really, after that uh, after that second game, I think like, uh, Nuggets won game two or whatever it was, they really locked them up from there, LeBron or Jamal Murray in the fourth. This team plays great defense, and I know the Heat do too, but I just don't believe in their top guys as much as I believe in LeBron and AD. Bam is great. But in the games they've went head-to-head, Anthony Davis is averaging, like, 30 and 10 compared to Bam's, like, 11 and 10. So, like, Bam's a great guy, 6'9". He's played good. He's sabotaged the Celtics. My bad, Jordan. But I don't think he's ready for AD. And I don't think he's ready for AD on this stage with LeBron <laughs> leading the ship. So I'm going to go Lakers in six, man. It's going to be a tough series. Again, he got great players. I didn't even mention Drogic and then their main guy, Jimmy Butler. But they have so many good players, and I think it's going to be tougher than what people are making it seem. A lot of people will pick the Lakers. I think it's like 70% people will pick the Lakers to win the final. I think the Heat are going to make it a lot tougher, especially since you got that Pat Riley versus LeBron. Like, Pat Pat going to be giving the halftime speeches for these, for, the, for these games. That's how this is going to be. Like, this is personal. This is LeBron's old team. The Heat gonna show, gonna try to show they're not scared. This kid Tyler Harrow is definitely not scared. It, it's gonna be a tougher series than people making out to be. But like I said, baby, Lakers and six, it's meant to be. It's meant to be. <laughs> so let me ask you this: If the Heat okay. were to win the series, what would they have to do? If uh, their bench got to come to play every night. They got to come play every night. Jimmy Butler's got to be a superstar. He's got to play superstar level. I don't – he's had games in the playoffs. Luckily, his bench has carried him. But he had, like – I think he had a couple nights where he only took, like, six shots or eight mm. shots. I don't think he's going to be able to do that in this series because I think we play – I think we're the best defensive team left in the playoffs. So I think if the Heat are going to win, it's got to be steady ball movement. They've got to play defense. You got to make the Lakers shoot. Yes, sometimes they're hitting, but we've seen as of late, sometimes they can really get cold. So you want to make them a perimeter shooting team. You want to get the ball at Anthony Davis and try your best to wall up LeBron. I think if you could do all those things for four games straight, you might be us. But I don't think they could do that. But hey, <laughs> if they could, that that's the that's the formula. Okay. Stacy, as the uh LeBron fan, I'll I'll leave it at that in our uh in our group here. What's your prediction for this one? Be steady ball movement. They've got to play defense. You got. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers win in five. Um, I'll give the the Heat one or two games just because of their mental toughness, their mental makeup. But just but their offense overall, in comparison to the who the the Lakers face, they got the worst offense out of the teams. Um, 
Mike alluded to this. In the regular season, the Lakers swept the Heat. And in one game, the Heat only scored 80 points. And then also in the playoffs at times, <laughs> but also in the playoffs in times, the Miami Heat actually had to make a comeback in games late in the game just to win the game. And we especially seen that against your Celtics. And I think if the Lakers play at that <laughs> and I think if the Lakers play at their absolute best, there's not much the Heat can do with them. I mean LeBron and A D, they they cause a matchup nightmare for anybody. And Jimmy Butler and Bam out of bio, they have to play all star caliber games. They can't get away with scoring 16, 17 points. Not against the Lakers. They got to go for 20. They got to go for 20 to 25. Because when you get to the NBA Finals, I know the role players, the bench players, you know, they got to do their thing. But it all comes down to what the stars going to do. What's your top player going to do? What's your leader going to do? And is Jimmy Butler that guy that get, get you 25 on any night? Is Bam Adebayo guy get you 25 on any night? I don't know. And then the Lakers, their defense, especially their size up front, not only AD, but you still got Dwight Howard, who I love the way he played against against the Nuggets. And JaVale McGee, if he stays out of foul trouble, it just it's just too much for the Heat to deal with in a long series. So I think the Lakers will win in six, but I wouldn't be surprised if they win in five. Okay, yeah, I'm going to agree with both of you guys that I'm going to say Lakers in six as well. Um, yeah, I agree with what you said, Mike. A lot of people aren't giving this Miami team credit, um, not even close to the credit they deserve, like the mistake I made. Um, going into it, though, I'm going to disagree with you guys both, though. I don't think it's going to come down to Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo having a big game. I think it's going to come down to their bench having big games, and I think that's what's really going to need to carry them through. Um, and, you know, one edge I want to give to the Lakers in this as well is that um, – Zone defense is not going to work on the Lakers. Mm-hmm. They're going to need to play man. And this all comes down back to Mike's argument from the beginning of the season. Same Mike, what is it? Mike, what hey, is it? Who guarded AD? That's all I want to know. That's it. That's it. That's it. Exactly. So that's why I give the edge to the Lakers in this one in six. But Ben, what's your prediction on this one? I just gotta say, man, Heat and four. Listen, Max Kellerman oh said it best. Oh Max Kellerman God. said it go. best. Game on the line. Fate of the universe on the line. I <laughs> just have death being pointed at Earth. I want Iguodala. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, he should have been banned from the air when he said, "I'll take Iggy over Steph Curry." Like, I just love the way he says Iggy's Iguodala. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, I mean, like I said before, I've told you guys this already. I, I think the Lakers are going to win at five. And it comes down very simply to just a gap in talent. And this might come back to bite me in the butt because I already said this about the Lakers and the Celtics. Um, but I don't know. I'm just I'm very confident in this Lakers team. I have been since the beginning. Uh, people, when they lost game one against the Blazers, people were very concerned. When they lost game one against the, the Rockets, people were very concerned. Um, even when they were up 3-1 against the Nuggets, everyone thought there was going to be a third you know, comeback for the Nuggets. Mm. But I think, I think that talent 
and it comes down very simply to what we've already talked about, which is who's going to guard AD and who is AD going to guard. Because Bam Adebayo, I promise you, he's not going to have a 30-point double-double or triple-double or whatever he had against the Celtics in Game 6 with Anthony Davis guarding him. I think, honestly, though, I I don't think Dwight Howard is going to be much of a factor in this series because, like you said, Stacey, he's got to stay out of foul trouble. And I think I saw a tweet that said Dwight Howard wakes up in the morning with three fouls. There's automatically (laughs) added to his his docket there. But, uh, I mean... AD is all they really need to guard those bigs on the Heat. And, I mean, who's, who's going to guard AD? Bam's, what, 6'9"? AD's, like, 7'1". You have Kelly Olynyk out there matching up with AD. <laughs> Not a good look for the Heat. Um, but if they, were, if they were to surprise everyone and take it, I think Jimmy Butler needs to be their superstar because, as Mike already touched on, he had games in, against the Celtics where he was doing nothing and the, the team was doing nothing. Uh, he, that was like the worst three-point shooting performance I've ever seen in game five against the Celtics. I was watching the game, and I was just like so upset. I had no clue what was happening the whole game. But uh, Jimmy Butler didn't step up, and that's when they need him to step up instead of being that selfless kind of leader that he is, giving way to the younger guys. I think at times he just needs to take over a game. Um, and I can foresee him doing that against the Lakers. I got to cut in. All right. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, rewind it like a minute and just watch Mike. This man sitting here with a big ass smirk on his face, head held high, <laughs> just like loving everything you guys are saying about how great the Lakers are. He is, he is in like, he is, you are on cloud nine hey, right look, now, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just taking it, man. We just, we just talking a little hoops. That's all. <laughs> It's so funny. I just looked down and I started like breaking up laughing when Ben was talking about like something serious because I see you. You're just like, yeah, you just look yeah. so happy. Now, now we know that's not water in Mike's cup, man. <laughs> it's definitely water, bro. It's definitely water. Oh my god. All right. Well, we got this energy going. We're going to keep it rocking into the keyboard warrior segment. If you missed it last week, this is a new segment Mike has where he finds a interesting human being have an interesting take somewhere on social media mike it's all yours all right so this week's keyboard warrior so this one this take is it's not as crazy as it doesn't deserve an insult but it's one that made me think and it's one i want to ask you guys so this comes from facebook nba brotherhood shout out to those guys my boy isaac gentry he said one day ago I would take Bam over Joel Embiid any day with this emoji right here. Now, I'm going to pose this question to you boys. Considering everything, and when I say everything, I mean what you've seen so far, what they've done, injury history, everything. Who would you take going forward today, Bam (laughs) or Joel Embiid? I'm taking Embiid. Sticking Embiid? I'm taking Embiid. I think yeah, I got I got to go Embiid. I think he's by far more dominant. He's like he's like yeah. Shaq, and then Bam Adebayo is like the very early stages of like someone like Tim Duncan, who's a more. I'm not comparing the two. I'm not comparing the two. I mean, no, I'm just saying. Nah. Bam's, Bam's, hey, listen, listen, listen. Maybe I should <laughs> I'm starting to rethink this. Listen. Hey, Tim came scared. out the gate with the rings, though. 
That's the yeah. only thing about that. Yeah. Well, maybe Bam will too. Shit. <laughs> but no, no, no. Hey, hey, yeah, true. Bam is like the more skilled finesse kind of center. Right, right, um, whereas Embiid is just straight up take you to the rim dominant like Shaq was. Um, but obviously Bam is in no way as good as Tim Duncan ever was at the moment. Um, but I, I gotta go. I gotta go. Embiid here. He he's looking like easily the most dominant center in the league. Whatever you want to say about him and his motivation or whatever, um, he can just give you. Honestly, you wouldn't be shocked to see Embiid put up like forty and twenty one night. You know what I mean? Yeah. At, at, at no, Embiid. I, I de- go ahead. Go ahead. My bad. Uh huh. No, no, no. I was gonna. Say, I definitely agree. Agree. Oh. I think Embiid is more of the. I think he's more the established superstar as of right now. I know injuries are definitely a concern. They're always going to be a concern when you got when you got a guy that big who weighs that much, you know. But I mean, the upside is so crazy with Embiid. What were you going to say, Stacey? At Embiid's very best, he can average he can average like close to thirty and about fifteen rebounds a game, like yep. like on every night. On every night. And he's a, a good two-way player. I kind of felt bad for him in the playoffs because I think he did everything that he possibly could do. And it just wasn't enough for the 76ers. I don't think Bam's offense is there yet. Like, I, I, love, I like Bam's energy and his effort, but I don't think his offense is there yet. I don't think he's there yet as a player. Yeah, I think Bam is... He he's he's more polished, like Ben said. I mean, I wouldn't say he's more polished because Joel Embiid's very polished as well. But like Ben was saying earlier, he's kind of a skilled type of center, pull up in the mid-range, little spins right there. But I see him as more of like a grittier, I just play harder than you, I'm gonna out hustle you type of player, and more as Embiid as yo, I'm feeding this guy because he he's our meal ticket to the rest of the way. <laughs> what do you think, Jordan? So I've been looking at these stats as you guys have been talking because I would try to want to find any way to say Bam Adebayo because uh, Embiid's <laughs> up there on my hatred level with uh, LeBron. And I want to clarify, like, not personal hatred, just in-game hatred. Um, gotcha. I got to clarify after Kobe. I got I to. Gotta. Um, so I, I was breaking down stats. I was like, okay, how did this person do his third year in the league? How did he play when he was 22 years old? Mm-hmm. Um, Embiid just has him clear as day like he has him yeah he's three years older yeah he has some injury concerns but i i would dare to say that Embiid probably hasn't even entered his prime yet mm. um i would i would say bam bam's definitely younger um and i would agree probably the more skilled player as in terms of he can he can do a little bit more i think uh with the ball um you gotta go and beat on this one, and I hate saying it, but you do. <laughs> yeah, the reason I chose this one because I figure all of us would end up still picking Embiid at the end of the day. It's just you you can't deny that that type of talent. You know, mm. they, people compare him to Hakeem the Dream. All right, with the footwork, he could pull up from three mid range. He's just got so many moves. I think um, I think he was only behind Harden in free throw attempts, I believe. So he gets to the line and I, he makes his free throws. So, yeah, I think this is a no-brainer. I'm still going to go and be. But that's the Keyboard Warriors segment for the day. Back to you, Jordan. All right. So uh, one debate that came up in the Crown Hoops uh, group chat um, was talking about Eric Spolstra as a head coach and where we rank him. 
Uh, there were some wild, wild answers thrown out there. I'm not really going to expand on that too much. But uh, I want to know where you guys rank Spolstra as a head coach currently and all time. Mm. Uh, Mike, I'll throw this one to you first. Currently in the league? Uh, I would say he – I mean, you would have to put him in – he's definitely top five coach in the league, no doubt. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Of course, you're going to go pop. Um, I would never say that. If you ask me, I say Vogel. But I, I'm a, I ain't going to show that much love. So I think, but no, honestly, I think Spolster is easily a top five coach in the league. Um, obviously, we've seen what he could do. Pat Riley put his trust in him. I mean, the dude started all the way from a video coordinator position. So he knows hard work. He knows what it's like to fight from the bottom. And his teams tend to show that grit. Like, that's what we keep saying. The, the Heat play hard. The Heat play hard. That's what we've been saying about the Heat since who knows how long. So, you know, Spolstra is definitely up there. As far as his all-time record, I've never been asked this question. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to say I don't know as of right now. I don't know where Spolstra is. He has how many rings we said earlier? Two, two as of right two, now? Two rings. Only two rings? Man. I'll tell you this, he ain't on no Phil Jackson level. That's what mm -hmm. I'll say about that. Mm -hmm. I don't think I, I don't think he's a top 10 coach all time. Yeah, I don't think he's anywhere up in those top rings yet. I think if he pulls off an upset like this, okay, maybe we could start seeing, okay, Spolster's starting to move up the mountain. But right now with only two rings, I, I'm not I don't have him too high in that list. I wouldn't even put him in my top 25 all time. Yeah, I, I would completely agree with you on that uh, aspect of it, saying, you know, the two rings he did get as well. Arguably one of the best times, best teams compiled of all time. Arguably, not saying it is, but uh, currently I like the top five. I, I would, I would even maybe say three or four if I'm gonna narrow it down to be even more specific. There are a couple people I'd put in um, ahead of him, and again, n negotiable. Mm -hmm. Kind of like how you call someone your goat. It's there's definitely opinion based into that, but um. Yeah, I mean, Pop is definitely the, the number one. The thing that throws me off about Spolster is, you know, the only rings he got was with that loaded team. And when he didn't have a roster, up until this year, nothing ever really got done. So that's my biggest hold on him. Um, but like I said, if he pulls off this upset, you definitely got to give him some type of credit. Um, Stacy, what about you? Um, I was Mike making a list of head coaches as Mike was talking. And um. Definitely Coach Pop. If we're talking about right now, Coach Pop is number one. Clearly no debating. Mm -hmm. And then Spur, uh, then Eric Spolstra, he's in that mix with um, Nick Nurse and, and Michael Malone. I like, I, like the, I like them as head coaches. Personally, I don't think there's that many head coaches that's like eye-popping, but those are like the top head coaches in the league. And out of the three names, Spo, Nurse, and Malone, uh, I want to say, I want to say, I want to say he's like number. I give him number three. I give him number three because there were, like you mentioned, Jordan. Those, those were years where he didn't make the playoffs. But then, then again, he barely, you know, missed the playoffs with the team. And then uh, the biggest problem with the Miami Heat before this year. They never had like a offensive player they can go to for buckets. Like defensively, they played good as a team, and then they stay in most games. They grit, grind tough, but they never had that 
offensive firepower they need to get them over. And I think they're working their way towards that. But he's outside what he done outside the big three. Uh, he's been uh, very solid. He's been very solid. So I give him, I give him like a top four, number three, range, number three. I will put pop one and Mike Malone number two. Mike Malone number two. What yeah, up? My bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. I had two names I just want y'all to think about before you go, Ben. Rick Carlisle, Doc Rivers. Go ahead. Yeah, I just, I just thought. I mean, I just thought Nick Nurse. You were saying Nick Nurse, Mike Malone. I thought Nick Nurse was. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, it's all, good. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. We're okay. See Boston Celtics series. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! <laughs> I don't blame Nick Nurse. I blame Pascal Siakam. <laughs> That's yeah, whole, it's funny that you brought up the Celtics. Though about a year ago, I probably would have thrown Brad Stevens' name into this mix, and I think a lot of people would have too. Um, but not anymore. I really don't think so anymore. Um, but yeah, Mike, I like those names you threw out there as well. I kind of completely forgot about Doc Rivers and all he's done just because he hasn't really done anything in a while. Um, but yeah, we'll move on from that. And hey, the hold, episode. On, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold um, on. Dan ain't something. had his turn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> My bad, man. My so bad. Good. Happens. Um, no, I mean, Spolster is definitely outside the top 10 because if you look at what he's done, um, if you look at what he's done when he had the big three, I mean, there's championships that that team should have won that they didn't. Definitely should have beat the Mavs. Uh, definitely could have beat, you know, various other teams that they had played, like the Spurs. I mean, that was a great Spurs team. The Heat were more talented, though. Uh, especially with, you know, guys like Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker being towards the end of their careers against, as Mike loves to say, headband Braun. And you yeah, know, Ben Brown, boy, Ray, Chris <laughs> Bosch, all those kinds of guys. But I have a lot of respect for Spolstra, first of all, because, like someone had said earlier, I can't remember who it was. Um, you know, he crawled his way up from video coordinator. I mean, even in the seasons when LeBron had left and you know, D Wade was t- really close to the end of his career, and uh, you know, Chris Bosch had been gone. And they didn't really have any key players outside of an older D Wade. Uh, they still found a way, Spolstra, to to make it to the playoffs pretty much year after year, yeah. uh, and be a contending team. Except for I think last year they didn't make the playoffs, but other than that, they were pretty consistent. So, ton of respect for him as a head coach. But I think he definitely, I mean, comparing him to guys like Phil Jackson, Popovich. Uh, Guys, any Red Auerbach, um, like even Larry Brown and guys like that would be Pat Riley too. Would be uh, a bit of a stretch for sure. So I, I think while I have respect for him, you know, as a current head coach, I don't think he should be mentioned in those top rankings. Yeah, I would completely agree. All time, I, I probably don't even have him top twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, he just hasn't done enough yet. Um, mm-hmm. All right, now we will end the episode off as we always do. With the mystery player debate, Stacy's going to take it over again this week. It's all all right. Week. All right. This week, we got two historic players, two Hall of Fame players, both of them power forward, center, center power forward, however you want to see them, if you can guess who they are. All right. Player A, 19 points per game, 10.8 rebounds per game, three assists per game, 2.2 blocks. Shot 50.6%. Player B, 
won two MVPs during his time, and he was drafted in 1997. Player B, 21.1 points per game, 10.6 rebounds per game, 2.5 assists, three blocks, 51.8% shooting, was drafted in 1990, and won one MVP. Who would you guys rather have, player A or player B? I'm like 95% sure I know who player A is. So I'm going to go player A right off the bat. I'm banking okay. him right on that. Okay, player A. We got one vote for player A. Oh, yeah, I'm, like, I'm pretty confident I know who it is, too. Okay. I think I'm going to go player B. Mm. I mean, look, more points. Same rebounds, same assists, essentially. Three blocks per game is ridiculous. Um, and he's shooting a little bit better from the field. I mean, these are very, very uh, close comparisons. Yeah, the, the, the numbers are so similar. It's like... Uh, but what I will say is player A seems to have played longer. Uh, but still, I mean... Is the minutes per game similar, Stacy? Oh, I, I didn't factor in minutes per game. I'm sorry mm-hmm. about that. But... Still good. It's okay. Yeah, I, I got to go player B. Mostly for the blocks more than anything. Hey, blocks and God. points are a bit more. But uh, hey, blocks. Mike got to break the tie. <sighs> Man, I'm going to go player A. You know, And you know what was the side factor on that? He got two MVPs to the other guys one. So clearly... He was leading some team somewhere. He was the cog. He was the most important piece. One more time than the other guy. So I'm going <laughs> to just take him. The stats are so similar. Yeah. You can literally flip a coin, man. But I'm going to go player A. All right. Who are they? Who's player A? Who's player B? Jordan, you said that you know player A for sure. It's Tim Duncan, right? Player A is Tim Duncan. Tim okay. Yeah, I stand by my choice. I don't even yeah, know. I, I, was say, I think I think I might end up regretting my pick. <laughs> player Who B. Who is player B? Alright. Player B. Oh three. Came oh. in in nineteen ninety, was out by oh three. Only one MVP. Oh, you is that David you're... Robinson? Player B is David Robinson. The Admiral. Oh. That's a I good mean, one. Yeah, I'm okay with my pick. I'm okay with my pick. I think I'd rather have Tim Duncan in the grand scheme of things, but I mean, Either one's a win. David Robinson is an all-time great. Hey, well, Dave so. Robinson was a beast. Don't get it twisted, but he ain't get that ring till Timmy came through. Uh, <laughs> yo, that's a point right there. You got a point right there. Yeah, me too. Let me see. Yeah, I honestly didn't know Dave Robinson had an MVP. That God on the truth. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, that was that was surprising for me. I when I was yeah. looking at him up, I'm like, that's. But he was he was fantastic. You know. Until you know Tim Duncan came in and took over, but yeah, but I put those I put those two in because uh, of course um, we gotta give credit where credit's due, and a lot of people I think more people are talking about Tim Duncan now than ever before and giving his giving giving his props, but mm-hmm. you know just to see his numbers and how great he was for so long. And speaking of being forgotten. A lot of people don't bring up David Robinson when we talk about, you know, historic big man. We, we always go with Shaq, Will, Bill Russell, Hakeem. 
Yeah. But, you know, you never hear about David Robinson that much. That's a great point. Actually, you, you're completely right. We don't hear about David Robinson nearly as much as we should. Yeah. I think it's probably just because he's not as vocal as the other guys. Like, Shaq was in movies and music, so he was just like a, a household name. That's a good point as well. You got to give credit where credit's due. And a lot of people. Yeah. Twin Towers. Tim was the silent killer. I mean, you had Shaq in LA, Wilt from LA was in LA. You know, he was a you know, it's just ain't nothing wrong with David. Shout out David Robinson, man. Okay, now you guys know that David Robinson is player B. Mm-hmm. Where do you guys now rank David Robinson as the greatest players of all time? Where is he? What range? Oh. Oh, in my top 100, I believe I did it one time. I had him in that. Uh, I think he was in that 25 to 35 range, or it might have been 20 to 30. Mm. He was somewhere in there. Yeah, I was gonna say he he would be top 30 for me. I can't I can't like think of exactly who I would have ahead of him. Um, but he's definitely outside the top 15, probably outside the top 20 as well. Yeah, I would need to sit down and kind of look at all the names and compare it. But rough estimate, I would say he's not within the top twenty-five, but he's definitely within like the top forty-five. So I know so it's kind of a big range. Forty-five. I, I yeah, need to like <laughs> sit down and, and do it. I don't want to like overrate him or underrate him. I, I'm a stats. I'm gonna so. find my top one hundred list because I had it. I had. I was gonna I, say, man, that must have taken you a long time. <laughs> Next yeah, episode, I want you with a scroll, <laughs> just reading off your list. <laughs> <That> scroll. <laughs> Yo, I had it. I promise. You, I had, I hand wrote it too because I was like. That's beautiful. Ah, nah, ah, I got to move you down. <laughs> Dang, wait a minute. You disrespected Kobe. Now I'm moving him up two spots because I don't like how you said that. So I'm going to find him. Museum find one day. <laughs> yeah, I think we definitely got to sit down and look at the list. But I want, I want to say like top 25, top 30. Yeah. yeah definitely, definitely. Something like that. Yeah. That's some off season content two, for us to do. Two rings? David Rose. Uh, I, I think it was. I think it was two. Yeah. I think it was yeah. two rings. Both with Duncan, right? Yeah, yeah. Duncan was. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that can definitely be some off-season content. We can sit down and maybe like five or ten names a night. Just something yep. to do. Because I remember how how uh, tough the off-season gets. Daisy's <laughs> breaking shit. In his Kobe is just letting there. everyone know that he better be top five. <laughs> I know that's your Kobe table. It's blurred right now, but. That was definitely Kobe letting us know we better oh, yeah, get, yeah. better give him a good ranking. But no, th- this begs one question. Talking about underrated, do you think there's a guy? Obviously, Tim Duncan was extremely underrated while he played, and it, like like I think Ben said, he didn't really get his his value and his worth until he was done. Do you think there's anyone in the league kind of like that now, where isn't really rated as high as he should be, but once he's gone, everyone will kind of wake up and be like, okay, wow, he was really good. We didn't James appreciate Harden. that. Simply James Harden. That's yeah. the easiest one. That's the is so obvious and easy. When he's when when it's all done and finished, and you and you look back and you're gonna realize, wow, outside of a couple of years, he only lost to the Warriors dynasty. Yeah. Warriors dynasty. Oh, LeBron came to the West. And then you're gonna see where his stats are, where he's here, here, here. It, it, it's probably going to be James Harden. Man. He's going to be underrated because, especially with the way he plays, over time, 
people ain't gonna just be sitting here talking about stuff. Oh, I don't like the way they're not gonna talk about that. They're gonna see yeah. where his name was in the stat book. They're gonna see the multiple fifty point games, just like we do with Will. You know what I'm saying? We still respect Will today. We always bring his name up. We still respect Kareem. So I think Harden's definitely easy underrated. Underrated yeah. right now. Yeah, and people people just look at the stats exactly like like they're gonna see that thirty six point season. And they're not going to think about anything else other than 36 points per game. And he didn't even have bad scoring or bad stats outside of the scoring that season either. Like, I think he should have won MVP over Giannis. Led the league in assists before MVPs. Yeah. I mean, it's, he, it's got, like, he got his defense under wraps too. Like, he, he was like top five in the league in steals at one point last season. So, yeah, yeah, so, I would I mean, look. Yeah, I, I definitely say Harden, but another player I do want to bring up and he's closer to the end is uh, is Melo. I think okay. when I think if, when Melo retires, people going to people should look at him like, man, this guy was like a flat out score like he was fantastic and especially when he played motivated get rebounds he can pass the ball uh uh i i believe that Melo should like far as number wise and, and impact he should have been up there where lebron is he should have been up there where lebron is yeah because he could when when Melo go against lebron one way he was he'd be giving lebron buckets right giving lebron buckets but I think Mel, when we look back, we'll see how great Mel is. It's, it's like, it's kind of like, I don't know if I'm reaching, it's kind of like that Allen Iverson effect. Like, we see Allen Iverson has a great score, and we didn't really give him his due until he retired, and we look back like, oh, this guy not only impacted the okay. game on the court, but off the court, he was a cultural icon. So, right. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll add one more since I kind of just piggybacked off Mike's earlier. Um, I think Westbrook, I don't think necessarily that he's underrated at the moment. But mm. I, when it's all said and done, and it's exactly like you guys were saying, like they're not going to look at stat padding or this or that. They're just going to see three right. straight triple-double seasons, and that's all they need to know. They're going to see the MVP, and that's all really all they need to know. Um, so I think he's going to be eventually, you know, people in 20 years are going to be having this conversation, and they're going to rank him higher than we would ever rank him right now. I completely agree. That was actually one of my names then, as well. I mean, oh my bad. you're good. He's putting up numbers similar to the big guy, no, Oscar Robinson. What? <laughs> I, I just said, go ahead. Oh, okay. I was saying that uh, Westbrook puts up numbers similar to Oscar Robinson, and he's considered an NBA legend. So I think that's yeah. definitely, that was definitely one of my names. The other ones I had was, uh, uh, you said Westbrook. I said uh, Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. And I think it's starting, but not completely at its peak yet. But Dwayne Wade, yeah, those are my yeah. two names. I think they'll definitely start getting more credit. See, I, I, the problem is the problem is the social media era just just kills everything. Just yeah. all this trolling and hate, and we just put guys down. Not we, but them. Just put guys down, and you know all these burner accounts and everything. <laughs> it just just. Kills yeah. the whole vibe. I feel you, man. People say, and everybody's a prisoner of the moment now. Everybody's a prisoner of the moment. You oh have one bad yeah. game tonight, you trash forever. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll be real, real quick. I'll be really real. I give Paul George a lot of crap, but let's not forget about the injury he went through, how much people bash him. So now that's extra pressure on him in the playoffs. Let's not forget that Indiana Pacer team 
he was giving LeBron work during that. Like, I thought he was going to be a huge, huge superstar at the time. So, like, it social media, man, I think that plays a big part. This, this is my personal feeling. I think that plays a big part in how he plays out there sometimes, listening to the fans. I mean, they could say all day they don't, but I know they're looking at social media. I know he's seen Pandemic P before the game, so, like, the basket probably looks that big when he gets out there. Yeah, I would agree. I, people definitely forget that Paul George, how bad that injury was. Yeah, that was that was, that was really bad, and I feel like a yeah. lot of people just forget about that. So, yeah, I, I like that. I like that. Um, but I guess we'll end it there because this episode is running long. Uh, thank you guys for listening, watching YouTube, Spotify, whatever it is, it's on there. Go subscribe, go like, go share. Help us out. Help us grow. We have been. Um, so we want to keep that up. But as always, that's episode number forty-seven of the Crown Hoops podcast. My name is Jordan Daly. We had Mike White, Stacey Collier, and Ben Okazawa. And we will see you guys next week. Peace. Go WNBA.